Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saturday show? Yeah. We start on a Saturday. No. We started on a Saturday and it didn't work. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were using a different platform. <clears throat> Maybe we ought to start off with my name is Oro Cass, and over there across the room, my lovely co-host and the techie anchor of the show, Ms. Paula, and we're here to give you another round on KDCL Media, the pride of internet radio for Deep Creek Lake, Garrett County, Maryland, and the world. And we're here for almost a full hour of And Then Some Again with Oro and Paula Cass. Strap in. It's going to be a good one. That was the one that you were looking for. That No, it ain't. That ain't the one I was looking for. But anyhow. Uh, yes, it was. That's the cricket. I know that's the cricket that you were looking for, not the one that you. Oh, okay, I get it. You're telling, you're showing me that you got a new one, a new cricket. Okay, I get it. It's a old new cricket. Go. I like that one too. But anyhow, enough of messing around with the drops. We like to have a little fun with the switchboard, but um, we do have a chat room. It is open. So if you happen to be listening in remotely, uh, be sure and come on over to blog talk radio forward slash KDCL media and get you a, a listener account. What are you making a face about? Listening in remotely? Everybody, yeah, on a telephone. They could be dialed in on a telephone. Everybody's remote from us. <laughs> okay. Talk away. Go ahead. You got the mic. No, I'm good. I'm just. Yeah, it's going to be one of them days. 
Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about a variety of topics this afternoon, and I'm going to have to shut. I think I got a speaker on it. I need to shut off because I hear an echo. Um, mine's not echoing, is it? I mean, no. I can hear me in the background on yours, I think, but everything should be good. I think we got the mics, everything set up right. I never did call in to check in, so we can do that while you talk. No, I got it. I think it should clear it up there because I was getting that weird feedback loop because my computer speakers were on. So I think we got that all taken care of now. But as I started to say, we're going to cover a variety of topics here today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things we have for O&P's Finders Keepers and some of the work that we're doing with uh, both of the stores trying to, we got uh, the eBay store up and going. I've got close to a hundred items on there and I need to do some more work on that, but I'm in the middle of a project for Oro setting, uh, setting up some, <laughs> uh, some things on the computer for him. So we'll get, hopefully sneak in some eBay time and 3d cart time in between all of that. Yeah, I just uh, checked in with the phone. Everything's sounding real good. Yep, I am too. Cool. So, the call-in number, folks, in case you're wondering where I called in to check things out, is 515-602-9763. Be sure and mark that up as a save in your phone so you can dial in and listen to us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday shows are at 9 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday, of course, 3 p.m. And very soon, we're going to be bumping up the number of days we're on and the number of hours we're on. The number of hours? I don't think we have... I don't think we have enough hours in the day to be bumping up hours, do we? Hey, I miss the old days. Back in 2010, when we got on and we were on for three hours a day, every day, seven days a week. That was fun. We had a lot of really cool shows. Actually, back then, though, we didn't just have one show. We had, uh, I think the most we had in one week at one point was four, wasn't it? Four different shows or three? Um, yeah, we had per week. What, Candela's Corner, Oro, and then some, or Chasing the Silver Eagle. Um, there for a while, they were combined, kind of. Right. Uh, Dia and I did uh, After Dark and Crone's Corner. Uh, there was Egun and then some. And there was some couple of odds and ends shows showed, uh, thrown in there, uh, Mountain Home and uh, a couple others. Uh, I guess you'd call them test shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were we did we did a lot we did a large variety is the word I'm trying to spit out. But um one of my favorite subjects that uh, anybody that's listened to us in the past will know, um and we always did this on our shows that had to do with business or whatever. And one of my favorite topics is pretty much motivation and attitude. Uh and I wanted to cover that just a little bit today because I was digging around in the uh, library and found one of my favorite authors and was reminded of his great series of books. And the one that I found was Don't Sweat the Small Stuff About Money. 
uh, Richard Carlson, Ph.D., wrote it. And it's a small book. It's, it's not a big book. It's a little book. And he has quite a few different... Now I'm getting a weird echo. What'd you change over there? Nothing. I had my mute button on. I just turned it back or off. On. I just turned it off. Okay. Well, that's that's what it was then. And um, yeah, we're still a little bit on the audio challenge side of things today, but that are, that's getting better every time we get on. But anyhow, I wanted to, uh, these books are just made up of little three, four, five paragraph passages. And this one, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff, is his first book. And then it goes there from there, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff at Work, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff in Love. And this one is my favorite when it comes to business, because it says, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff about Money. I want to share one one of the passages with you, and um, this is something that we hear all the time whenever you're marketing a product or a service or whatever. Um, imagine even people like plumbers, electricians, or whatever, even you know your normal, regular business people probably hear it once in a while, <clears throat> and that is whenever you go to present whatever it is that you have to offer, and someone in the crowd speaks up and says, well, that sounds too good to be true. And we all know what our mama said about if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. My mama included in that. She was a postmaster, so she knew all about all the different postal scams going on in the 80s and 90s. So, And that was her favorite saying. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Okay, But now Richard Carlson, a Ph.D., mind you, has a little bit different take on it. Because number 10 in his in this book is titled, Consider the Possibilities That If It Sounds Too Good to Be True, It Might Not Be. The old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, is not always correct. In fact, cynicism and doubt that are inherent in this belief can and do keep people from taking advantage of excellent opportunities. Cynicism contradicts abundance. Cynics, critics, and doubters are clouded by their own destructive, self-defeating filters that say things like, well, that can't work, that's impossible, or it's too good to be true. These people are big-time warriors. They're concerned with what other people think, and they're stuck in doing things the right way, wiggling fingers, the same way everyone else does them. These people have closed minds that are fixated on the status quo. I was lucky enough to hear about a great stock from a good friend of mine. He told me and four others what he knew about it. Unfortunately for my other friends, they were true cynics. Sure, they all said in a sarcastic tone, I'll bet it's a great deal. They instantly dismissed the suggestion. I've learned, however, to keep an open mind. And while I would probably decide to buy less than one stock in every 100 that I hear about, I'm always willing to take a look. It took me less than an hour to do a little bit of research on the stock, and I decided to buy a few shares. Lo and behold, the stock doubled in less than a month. Lucky? Of course. But had I not been open-minded, I wouldn't have been in a position to be lucky. If you think it's too good to be true, you'll be very hesitant to take a careful look at it, and you'll dismiss it as being superficial or too risky. What happens, however, if you're wrong? You'll miss out. 
Often there are great deals and wonderful opportunities that come your way. But to take advantage of them, you must be open, willing to take a look, learn something new, try something different. Obviously, this doesn't mean you jump into risky ventures or avoid careful consideration. But it does mean that sometimes you have to do something a little different to do a little better, to have a little more. Being a non-warrior doesn't guarantee success, but it sure makes it easier to spot a great opportunity when it comes your way. You'll be far more open to taking a look, to considering new options, new ways of doing things, marketing products or services, or taking an uncharacteristic risk. By becoming a less cynical, more open-minded non-warrior, you'll bring far more joy into your work and open the door to far more abundance in your business and career. Yes, we were lucky enough to hear uh, Richard Carlson speak at um, a a series of uh, meetings that we went to, uh, virtual webinars, I guess you would call them, with uh, called Rise Up, the Rise Up Challenge with Pete Vargas III. Um, Richard Carlson was one of the guest speakers he had in uh, day 22. One of my heroes. He had a lot of my heroes on that when he had Damon from Johnny, Yeah. And uh, uh, Tony Robbins. Les uh, Brown. Les Brown is one of my all-time favorite motivational speakers. And that's something that I'm glad you brought that up because it leads me to something else. Uh, we were introduced to a motivational speaker during the same time during the uh, back in the nineties when we were marketing and we were hanging out at a conference in Cancun and uh, the motivational speaker that was working with the company that we worked with name was Mike Conaway. Uh, he's a, a religious man, a preacher, I believe he's up preacher in the down Dallas, yeah. part of the country. In Dallas. Or he's in Dallas now But this guy Was so good with the motivational stuff That we were actually Standing on a staircase In the middle of the hotel lobby And this was a beachfront hotel In Cancun And we were standing A group of about 50 people Because this guy had just been on stage For three hours or two hours Whatever the afternoon That same afternoon And he kept the energy going one way or another, all the way through the dinner hour and into the evening where he was on again. And then after that was over, it was like, what was it, 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. And yeah, there was a group keep... of 50 people standing in this staircase and around the lobby floor listening to Coach Mike talk. Still, it was like six hours of Coach Mike. <laughs> and it ended with this hour-long deal at two, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of the lobby. And that just shows you the kind of power that some people's voices and what the message that they have to deliver can have on people. It was was one of the most exciting times of my life, meeting this guy. We got the audio series that he was selling at the event. And, yeah, it's from the old days because it's called Cassettes. (laughs) And, yeah, we got the, uh, I think it's a 12 cassette set up. And... We're looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting Coach Mike's permission so that we can share it here on the radio show. Uh, once we get a longer show, we're going to be doing segments where we do where we where we highlight uh, a motivational speaker or a business t- 
type person, somebody that's successful in business, whatever. And we're also looking forward, once we bump our time up to two or three hour shows, we're looking forward to doing, getting back into interviews. When we were on the air before, back in 09, 10, up through 2014, we did quite a few interviews with a lot of really influential people. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into that part of the radio show. Yeah, it was uh, it was tiring, but it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. Met a lot of really cool people. Well, because of the number of subjects we covered, we had we were able to, you know, really mix it up as far as the different shows and so on. If somebody you know, tuned in and we were doing one show that wasn't of their particular taste. All they had to do was look at the, at the, uh, our studio board and on blog talk to see what other shows we offer. And uh, we always say this in the post and I want to say it here. So when somebody's listening to this, probably an archive and they hear it, you you definitely want to come in. This is what I was trying to point. I was trying to make before. Uh, if you just happen to be calling in on a cell phone or something and, you're not seeing the chat room. You're not seeing the blog talk uh, board uh, website. We really like it for people to come to the blog talk website. That's what I gave you before, blogtalkradio.com forward slash KDCL media. When you get there or whenever you come in to sign in for a show, you can use the site instead of just calling in. And what you want to do is set up a free listener account doesn't cost anything, and they take minimal information. You, matter of fact, you can even make up a new email just for that in case you're afraid of being spammed, and set it up so that you have a screen name on Blog Talk. Then when you join us in the chat room, you'll be able to participate instead of just showing up as unknown user. Because here's the reason why. We're going to have contests. We're going to have giveaways which we've always done in the past and had a lot of fun with that also. And we're going to, we're going to give away some of our new products. Um, if you notice, we're not using the company name right now uh, because we've been doing a lot of serious training on how to do a, this business on the internet and how to, you know, work the business and still be working with social media at the same time. And, so on and so forth. So you're going to notice a little bit of change in the way we do things around here. And uh, that's that's going to be for the better. So <clears throat> this is uh, how long we've got. Oh, we're always doing 20 minutes. Well, yeah, we have 41 minutes left to go. <laughs> and uh, um, did you uh, – get your books there nearby where you said you wanted to talk about uh, there on your show notes. You said you want some of your uh, antique books that we have uh, gotten through some of our storage treasure or storage treasures adventures. And uh, some, I mean, we have some from the 1800s all the way up through um, the what was it up through the 90s I guess it was when uh, this couple started to collect things and put them in their storage unit Uh, I think after her husband died she uh, 
took his collections and put them in a storage unit, and that was one of the ones that we won off of auction, an online auction. So uh, we thought we'd share some of them with you, and after we've shared them with y'all and in, uh, in uh, Oro's uh, Antique Books uh, Facebook page, um, we're going to list them on uh, on our uh, e-commerce site on 3D Cart and on O&P's Finders Keepers on eBay uh, for sale. So you'll want to uh, keep out uh, keep out an uh, weather eye for those. Uh, there'll be some of them will be coffee table. There's one coffee table book. If if we weren't uh, if we were planning on living someplace where we were going to have a coffee table. In the future, I would probably <laughs> keep this book, but it's a uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a coffee table book of we could put a coffee um, table in an RV <laughs> of um, Audubon. It's uh, from the Audubon Society. It's one of those great big books that if you go in the, the bookstore and pay for them, it, it's like a seventy-five dollar book, but with beautiful illustrations and. Uh, the nice shiny paper, and uh, I almost hate to see it go out the door, but uh, it'd be nice for somebody else to be able to enjoy it. We we have coffee table books. We have uh, they traveled a lot to Ireland and over into Europe. We have a lot of books about Ireland, a lot of books uh, in relation to the Catholic Church, uh, history, prayers. Uh, all all kinds of uh, really interesting books. Uh, I think uh, uh, the the lady of the house, so to speak, uh, was uh, Catholic educated from some of the books that uh, we found in in the unit. And they're really into. We have some in German. We have some in Latin. Uh, it's just a really interesting uh, combination. He was a Civil War buff. We have a lot of Civil War books. A lot of fiction, a child, uh, child and young adult fiction. Uh, we had some Nancy Drew and some Hardy Boys. I think we've sold all of those. But we have Beatrix Potter, um, the uh, gentleman that wrote uh, Winnie the Pooh. We had some of those, but we sold those. We had, uh, I think, like four or five books in the Winnie the Pooh series. And I didn't realize I uh, wasn't that familiar with the Winnie the Pooh books. I didn't realize there was a, a, a series of them. But uh, it's uh, it, it's been an interesting experience going through these books. There's uh, old old school books, old uh, textbook, college textbook. Oh my God! You want to talk about genre? We got just about everything that you can possibly <laughs> think of. Yeah. Hell, there's even one over here in the pile you're talking about that's from. Hitler's Germany. Yeah. Third Reich. Um, there's one that's uh, a place called the Denver Club in Denver, Colorado. Uh, back when it was uh, railroad and gold mine in town, uh, the the robber barons, so to speak, had a gentleman's club. I don't know if it was strict. I think it was strictly a gentleman's club called the Denver Club. And the, the building still exists today. I'm, I don't think the club is still in, in existence, um, but it has. It, it's a leather-bound, beautifully printed book of all the members and the bylaws and things like that. Somebody who was, who is uh, big into Colorado history, um, I think will get a kick out of that. 
but it's from 1888, the Denver Club 1888 membership. Uh, yeah. Cookbooks, um, how to books, oh, no, health reach. and wellness books. <laughs> well, and then we got these really weird ones like this one. This is one I just posted on the Facebook group. Um, old magazine, old books, magazines, and newspapers. Oh, magazines. We got them out the... Mm. And <laughs> this, this book is called The Greatest Thing in the World. It's a small book. It's a miniature book. You know, when, I, when I say small book, it's a little... That means it's a little bigger than a pocket book, the paper pocket books. But it's a lot smaller than a normal sized book. It's very thin. It only has... Um, 32 readable pages, and it's about uh, Bible verses from James Pott, P-O-T-T and Company, in case you're about to hear this and looking it up. But here's what's really cool. You look at the cover on this book, you're thinking maybe 60s. Uh, it's, it's an excellent. Late, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, because it's in excellent condition. As in 1960. I mean the 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 colored ink, the white inks that made up the decorations on the this cover book, and everything. I know you. I'm glad you're describing it because it is in beautiful shape. Every page is attached in the binding. There's no rot of any kind. There's just a little bit of wear in the begin in the front of the binding because of the glue dried up, and it could very well be that somebody recovered it. But the inside is original, and the copyright on it is 1890. Now, if you're just listening and not looking, check it out over on Facebook. And uh, and okay, <laughs> and it's uh, it's inspiration. I mean, it's Bible verses, but it's inspirational. Bible verses that, that uh, we would consider uplifting, I, but the, I really didn't pay uh, much attention to old books. Uh, you know, my my grandparents had uh, had things like, or my grandmother had you know like old cookbooks that were her mother's and things that came down through the family and the family Bibles and. But to for to get into somebody's collection that they actually made a. Uh, an effort to, you know, collect these books. You know, like I said, from I think the oldest one we have is 1803 or 08 or something like that, all the way up to um, the 90s, and it, it makes an interesting cross section of uh, of literature. World, worldwide and American literature. Like I said, there's uh, uh, William F. Buckley, uh, Look Magazine, Life Magazine, all kinds. Of, well, they were into real estate, so there's all kinds of Southern living, Southern accent. All, just, I'm not sure that, that they ever threw away a magazine, a check stub, or, or uh, a shopping receipt. Because <laughs> it, it was all in there, and it, uh, there's a lot of local books from around Winchester that has to do with uh, local Winchester history. So there's 
we've got, you know, for somebody who was interested in the Civil War, Virginia history, uh, like I said, the little bit of Colorado history, we have uh, great coffee table picture books from Ireland and England, and um, he collected uh, the miniature um, soldiers. They used to be made out of lead or tin, and I don't. I think they make them out of zinc now. I'm not sure, but that they bought when they traveled and nutcrackers and just I mean beautiful china and crystal and there it was just a whole cross section of somebody who was uh, upper uh, who was considered wealthy in in uh, Winchester. They had um, a real estate business. They had a couple of restaurants. Uh, they were involved in, you know, like the Apple Blossom Festival and things like that. So it was, you know, they were very involved in the community. And uh, it was just, she ran, she was, uh, ran for political office. It was uh, interesting uh, to see somebody's life from that perspective. Uh, we used to go to a lot of auctions. My mom loved to go to auctions. And uh, around here, where we live in rural Maryland, so farm auctions, I mean, if you want to see a cross-section of somebody's life, uh, you know, back four, five, six generations, uh, farm auctions are the way to go because a lot of times the farms come down through the families. And uh, my grandparents' farm uh, belonged to my uh, great-grandfather. Or great great grandfather, sorry, and uh, there's another. Well, there's another family farm that belonged to my great grandfather. So we have, if you did a farm auction on those farms, it would be a great cross, uh, great history uh, of some of the things that came down through the family. And even though they weren't wealthy um, dollar wise. Uh, some of the things that came down through the family are considered, well, they're antiques. And so they're, you know, they have some monetary value today, but back in their day, they were dishes that, you know, the, the federal glass that came out of the uh, soap boxes. Well, and that's what it was, it was to them the same as what the dishes are out here in the cupboard were to us. They were their yeah. everyday dishes. And nowadays, one dish might be worth $200. Yeah. Because just because of the age of it. Well, and it's you know what they call depression glass or federal glass or Fenton or any of the big glass companies that were out in West Virginia and Ohio and New York, you know, that are no longer in business. Uh, we have uh, it, it came out of your mother's collection uh, that one, uh, the the ruby glass uh, brandy snifter. It was made by Edgar Hawking. It's you know, worth three hundred dollars. Now it's true that uh, antiques are only worth what somebody will pay for them, but <laughs> yeah. Well, even though it's only a one-hour show, and that's about to change, just because I'm loading up the switchboard with a lot of good stuff. Um, I want to go ahead. I said this on the show. I think it was Tuesday, so I want to follow through. Since I didn't do it Thursday, or maybe I said it Thursday, so now we're just now following through. But we played a song uh called um waiting waiting on lightning and the gentleman that does did that song uh is a friend of ours we met in the gold mining fields of the 11 western states <clears throat> he uh 
very talented with uh, guitar and his singing voice. So we we bought CDs of his, and he told us be sure and share them far and wide. You know, let people hear what what I did my short time I spent in Nashville. So, and to honor that and to honor Dayton, we're gonna put on my favorite. Which is, I mean, this is Waiting on Lightning is a great song. Alaska Girl is a great song. But when it comes to my favorite Dayton song, this is it. And it's called Building Blocks of Love. I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I do. She said, Daddy, would you play with me? It's toys built from the box. Among the things that tumbled out was a set of painted blocks. Daddy, do you still know all your ABCs? If you're not busy, maybe you could teach them to me. And I said, Amen. A is for apple, you're the apple of my eye. Avoid them at all times It's for cotton candy You're the sweetest we can be D is for daddy Who loves you way to see We played there for hours Building blocks of love Stacked our way through every letter couldn't get enough Later on Sleepy eyes As I tucked her in She looked shyly Up at me And said tell me again A is for apple You're the apple of my eyes B you're so beautiful My heart swells up inside She's for cotton candy Daddy's love is deep Amy kind of drifted off Before I got to here A is for Amy Little angel in my life I believe in Jesus We'll watch over you tonight See, I count it precious as I pray for time enough to nurture my daughter's dreams of building blocks of love. That day came a father just can't think about boxing up her treasures when she was moving out. Clinging tight to memories Holding old blocks in her hand Amy came to me Dad, tell me again And I said, Amy A is for Amy You're the apple of my eye B, I was breaking down See, I could only Pride. These for my daughter's love 
SARS, MRSA, you know. Well, and if that's the case, then it means it's never going to go away. We're always going to be dealing with it. So what we got to do is what they're working on is to find a vaccine for it and then decide who needs to take the vaccine. If I'm not, if I'm not sick from it and I don't ever get sick from it, I'm not getting a vaccine for it. Well, they've made uh, vaccines for all these different swine flu and all, you know, bird flu. And, you know, they, they've got vaccines for all these different types of flu and, Every year when you get the flu shot, it's supposed to hopefully uh, help you battle whatever the strain of the year is this year. But you can't always go by that. Uh, I mean, once a virus is on the earth, it don't leave. There's, uh, what was it? There's... uh, a cemetery up in Norway that if you dug up the people that died from the Spanish flu, you could still find Spanish flu virus that's not in some lab someplace. Yeah, it's kind of scary what is buried in underwater, different, you know, well, different ways Amazon, to get rid of stuff you know, we don't want around. In the jungles, you, know, you never know, you know where it's survived at. So from time immemorial once the virus is here it's here so do you think this was manufactured or do you think it just happened uh, i think it was a lab accident personally i think it was an accident yeah that's where we agree that's something like out of the stand would so you're going with accident not set loose on purpose yeah um i mean i realize the chinese population is so large that if you think about the earthquakes and you know the natural disasters and everything they have every year and the number of people that die in China every year it's an incredible number yeah but their their population is so large that uh um, don't pay attention to it yeah what, right it's a large number for us isn't a big deal for isn't as big a deal for them but they're also a massive country well, I've seen the videos, and I'm not sure why people feel like they have to put them on YouTube and the different video places on the Internet. But you can find them just about anywhere. And it's these videos of what appears to be, I won't even I won't accuse anybody here, but what appears to be Chinese people eating various animals. And we're not talking about just your average ordinary animals. We're talking about it's like a contest to see who can eat the weirdest, grossest thing. And it's like they're a popular video to, to make in China because there's so many oh, of them. It's like and the, the number of animals that they that they're consuming, the different weird animals they're consuming, is incredible. Things like live turtles and you know. Um, Live octopus. I mean, there's. I watched the video. Just I don't even watch the whole thing. I watch them just enough to see what they're eating and then turn it off. But the one video was titled "That the woman almost died because she swallowed a live octopus" and so on. And I mean, what is the purpose? What is what is the reason for someone to eat something that well, they know is going to do them bodily harm? 
Well, it's like these idiots that eat Tide Pods and the hottest pepper in the world. And when well, uh, Tide Pod, that's a different story. That that went way beyond anything there, because anybody with a half a brain knows what happens if you ingest a large amount of soap, and then you take the fact that a Tide Pod is three different kinds of soap, and they're all seriously concentrated into you know, well they're concentrated. So I mean, not to be cold-hearted or anything, but I guess that's one way to clean out the gene pool, but you know, why anybody would come up with such, it, I mean, this thing of wanting this microwave existence where everything is instant and you get everything instantly and, Oh, I'm going to be a big YouTube star and get a million views. Cause I ate a Tide pod. That's the not fame. That's showing people how stupid you are. Yeah, stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah, it's now it comes down to a really strange, weird, gross version of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Which came first, the people eating the weird animals or the virus? Was the virus man made by a person in the lab, or was it contracted because somebody ate an animal that had something? going on with it we don't know and we probably never know for sure supposedly that somebody was making a study of these bats that had this strain of covid19 in a lab and i thought it was covid 716 or something and it's mutated three or four times is why it's now 19 well whatever but supposedly they were studying a naturally occurring virus in bats and yeah, and uh, that's why it was in this lab at all. Yeah. And apparently, one of the researchers contracted it. So that's that's a reasonable story, you know. It got loose from a lab, and now we have to deal with it. And you know, that's probably the way all of them in the history have started, one way or another. Um, you know, some some of the different things we've dealt with in the past have come from where it was only in animals and then for whatever reason it mutated where it could jump to humans. So it's just a bad thing all the way around. And I, for one, I'm going to be glad when things get back to whatever normal was going to be here in the next month or two. Well, it could be that it was just, they picked this to, instead of, you know, everybody getting a chip, everybody's going to get an international immunology card that says, that you're oh my god, going over that whole uh, what do they call it? The movie virus or whatever. Yeah. It's all it's Bill Gates and all that other big money and they're gonna it's depopulation and yeah. George Soros and all that. Yeah. But well, I mean seriously, I can see that. Um because they didn't make any big deal out of any of these other viruses that come, any of these flus that come through every year, other than to say, well, we're getting, everybody better get their flu shot. You know, it's going to be a really bad flu year. But yeah. now all of a sudden we're shutting down businesses and stores and, you know, we're shutting down the whole country. Okay, but now think about it. If you remember right, kind of way to ease out of this topic, if you remember right back in the 90s, those seminars we like to talk about, we heard somebody on stage talk about exactly what's happening right now. 
Well, and the and it had to do with, you know, maybe not Bill Gates, but somebody well, we've, with that kind of money. We've had uh, uh, when we were doing our other shows at the end of the year, we'd get well-known uh, prognosticators or psychics, and they would come on. And the the last couple of years, uh, they were they were predicting a pandemic. So, yeah. You can take you know take that for whatever grain with whatever grain of salt you want. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, a little over ten minutes left in this show, and we did actually have somebody surf in and have a listen, so that's cool. I believe it's our first. So, first listener after three shows, we're doing pretty good. And just so you know, folks, people that are going to hear this in archive, at one point, I like to brag this up. Because uh, it's, you know, it's just, for one thing, it's fact, but for another thing, it's something that Paul, Miss Paul and I accomplished, and I'm real proud of it. And that is the fact that in our heyday on this particular site, as a matter of fact, we would tune on, tune in a show, turn on a show, and it would be a three hour show, and it was happening anywhere from five or five nights a week upwards to seven nights a week on any given live show we would have anywhere from five thousand to say upwards of ten thousand people around the world listening to the live show and then we would get the archive listens would start coming in and you can look at some of the archive shows still show up on our blog talk page where five six hundred seven hundred listens on each show so we had the audience. We are, we always bragged it up that we were in 19 countries. Uh, one of our biggest audiences per country was probably uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, where a whole group of people used to gather in a, in a uh, diner, and it was like 12 hours different. So they were gathering there for breakfast the next day from when our show was on and listening to our live show as a group. So that was really cool. We used to get they every once in a while they'd call into the switchboard we had a gentleman in western australia that was in the middle of the gold fields of western australia he was a good friend and always made sure he called in and was part of uh the oral expedition show that we did so we had the audience at one time we're going to build it back up bigger and better now than we had it before so stay tuned for bigger and better things happening here on kdcl media and and then some again with Oro and Paula Cass because we're gonna we're gonna make it rock. And we are KDCL Media, the pride of Internet Radio for Deep Creek Lake, Garrett County, Maryland, and the world. We didn't do that when we come on air. All the yeah, the air machine. <laughs> we're gonna have to all the. Uh, ambient sounds we have in this room. Okay. The most memorable one, of course, was Gold Camp down in North Carolina, where we actually did a show. I'm hearing that.
loop-de-loop thing again. I hope that's not going out. But, uh, well, let's see. There was, um, uh, uh, no, that was the one in Georgia. Uh, Jim, uh, Golden Jim Grubbin was the one in Georgia, Cleveland, Georgia. Um, I can't remember the name of the one in North Carolina. It was, um. It's right there by the LDMA camp. Um. Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Lucky Strike? No. No. I'd have to look at the pictures. <laughs> It'll come to me about five minutes after we go off the air. So. Yeah. And, Anyhow, uh, it's Central North Carolina. We've, uh, let's see, did them from Happy, we did a couple shows from Happy Camp. Happy Camp, California. Uh, we did attempted to do a couple nowhere. shows. We did a, I remember I did a show in the middle of the, nowhere in the desert. Um, you, Southern you California. To, you used to call in from um, Tennessee when you were down at. Uh, yeah, I was in thirteen whenever I took off and went gold mining and got established with Oro Expeditions. Um, matter of fact, that being the ninth of May back in 2013, it was the same as this year. It rained a lot uh, down where I was at in eastern Tennessee, western North Carolina. It was raining probably three to four or five days every week, which didn't leave a lot of time for gold mining, but it was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot. I got into the whole gold mining community, and the rest is history, right up through 2015, when we spent the whole summer on the banks of the Klamath River. Well, and when we did Chasing the Silver Eagle, you were always – Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere every weekend I would stop and be either Vermont or down south. Yep. <clears throat> so, and then there's things that we are yet to explore that are coming up in the future, like uh, the Flaming Gorge area to to look for um, fire opals. Fire opals. And we need to make a return trip back to the Mount Ida, Arkansas area for some more water clear quartz crystal looking forward to that one of these days and we want to go diamond crater of diamonds which we've never been to even though we drove right past it (laughs) well it was closed it was sunday and it was closed yeah um plus we want to go to herkimer new york and herkimer new york and get some herkimer diamonds yeah which is is actually crystal they're actually crystal but they're they call them uh, diamonds and if we end up with another five-year run on the radio, we'll probably be taking all of our audience with us on all these grand adventures. So you want to be sure and stay tuned. It'll be uh, going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's the nice thing about uh, when you're out in the RV, most of the uh, RV parks have nice, strong Internet connections. So it won't be as tough as it was when we were uh, in the uh, North Carolina. Uh, okay. Still can't think of it. Oh, well. I got four minutes left. Four and a half minutes left to think of it. But anyhow, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up so Rosalie has time to finish her song today. Thermal and City. Thermal City, yep. I could hear, I could see city, but I couldn't come up with thermal. Thermal City, North Carolina. Look it up if you want to go do some recreational gold mining. We highly recommend the place. 
Uh, it's a new crew there. Uh, not too many years ago, the place switched hands, and the people that own it now, we haven't been there since it did that, but we've heard a lot of good things and follow them on Facebook and everything. So, yeah, Thermal City. And then uh, we also highly, always highly recommend on every show to check out Gold Prospectors Association of America and Lost Dutchman Mining Association. If you really want to get into some recreational mining, and especially if you're out west listening to us in the 11 Western, they have four or 500 different claims and sites where you can go all over the country. If you're a member, it used to be about $85 a year for the GPAA. Um, also, if you're in Northern California, Oregon, Washington area, whatever, uh, a group in Northern in Happy Camp called New 49ers is the same deal. They have most of their claims and things on the Klamath River, quite a few miles of claims there. So a great yes. way to get into it and learn from people that do it all the time. And uh, in the AMRA American Mining American Mining Rights Association. Association, American right. Mining Rights Association. They have their own claims now, so they're a cool group. But uh, we, we're always going to be talking about mining one way or another because it's something that we're going to be returning to once we are able to hit the road again. So be sure and stay tuned for all of that. And I believe Leroy has left the building. I'm not sure. Let me, let me, let me check and see. That's good. Yeah, security's trying to get him out right now. I think security's escorting him to the door now. Sounds like it. <laughs> but anyhow, we're going to kick it off out of here, and uh, we're glad that people will be listening to this in archive. Be sure and come back and join us Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. For the time being, that's our schedule, and we look forward to having – a lot of people join us in the chat room and come. You can even call in and get on the air with us at the call in number 515 602 97 and 63. And I believe somebody's here to sing her song. So let's cut her loose and we'll be back on Tuesday at 9 p.m. More later.
is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BTW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus